Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Tommy Dreamer, Mickey James, and I have two awesome interviews for the podcast, all leading to AEW Dynamite tonight. First and foremost... We have the man who's going to go up against your AEW interim world champion. That is Brody King against John Moxley. And the challenger, Brody King, joins us right now on the Busted Open podcast. And we also have Tony Time with AEW owner and president, Tony Khan, right now on the Busted Open podcast. This past Friday, we saw the first ever Royal Rampage. Why is that significant? Because whoever won earned a championship opportunity on Dynamite. And the winner joins us right here. That's right. On game day, we are joined by Mr. Brody King. Sir, how are you this morning? Yeah, I'm doing well, guys. How are you? So good. Nice to see you. Oh, <laughs> um, I expect nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Brody, big big opportunity here. Uh, big night on Dynamite. Dynamite tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time on TBS. This is a huge opportunity. So I know you're a big music guy, Brody. So yeah. like, what? So what are you listening to? What's the music you're listening to to get you motivated, to get you into that frame of mind for that match tonight? Uh, for tonight, for this opportunity, going to a match with John Moxley, uh, probably. Cold as life, Marauder, uh, Hate Breed, you know, very aggressive, very violent music. I, see. I like it. Now We were listening to Kenny G earlier before. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Now, yeah, so maybe, maybe I should take some notes from the, uh, the innovator of violence. You know, We're ready for nap time after the show. <laughs> well, so Jamie- you already, you're already uh, created history. You're the first ever. Yep. Royal Rampage winner. You're like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Boom. First one ever. We'll always remember that. Now you can make history tonight. Now, have you ever wrestled uh, John Moxley before? I have not. Uh, no, our, our paths have crossed quite a bit, like in different promotions. But um, the match was supposed to happen a couple times, and it just kind of fell through. And then, you know, here we are now on the biggest stage of them all. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting, uh, like you said something before, uh, you both have a uh, affinity for violence, and I think this will be a very, very hard hitting violent wrestling match yeah yeah you know john and i both we have uh 
a certain affinity towards violence and Japanese wrestling. And we are very, very physical and intense people. So I feel like this is a, this is a match that I don't know if people were expecting to, to have, but it's going to be very, very physical. How yeah. long were you in the ring for your match uh, to win this, the Royal Rampage match? Well, I was the 19th out of 20 entrants. Oh, and then oh. You're good. I, I came in fresh and I came in hot. I wasn't wasting no time. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, Brody, uh, how are you liking AEW right now? Different start here with AEW, national audience on TV each and every week on Dynamite. How's that been for you? Uh, I mean, it's been very different. You know, it's it's funny because it's like you think that being on New Japan or being on Ring of Honor, you get this like national exposure, but then you go somewhere like AEW and it's like you might as well have never even been a wrestler before that. It's like you have a massive audience that has no idea who you, who you are. So now you have to reintroduce yourself and not expect people to be like, oh, there's Brody King from Ring of Honor. Right. So it's been very different, but uh, you know, it's a bit humbling, but it, it, I like the challenge and I like the uh, the ability to kind of reinvent yourself. Yeah. We were so, just talking. Oh, go ahead, Mickey. No, I was going to say, so saying that, like, what's your whole mindset like going into this match? I mean, it's a huge opportunity and we know it's going to ha- be a great match, but what's your mindset and what's your end goal aside from obviously winning uh, at uh, coming out of it? Like, do you hope that the audience like really connects with you and like you can keep kicking ass or what's what are you hoping for well i mean i I think before the break you guys said it best when you said that uh wrestling isn't supposed to be pretty right and uh i feel like um john and myself we both have a very gritty violent style that is you know it's not flips and and beautiful moves it's it's violent it's hard hitting and that is the brand of pro wrestling that i want to Mm -hmm. see on you know, the biggest stage. I want to see that, you know, four pillars from all Japan pro wrestling. I want to see that new Japan strong style, like type of wrestling. I want to see people look like they're, you know, in actual agony and getting, you know, the crap beat out of them. That's, that is my brand. And that is what I want to represent on national TV. And, and I hope to uh, show the audience what, you know, Brody King is about and what I represent. Uh, I always got what you're all about and represent because um, I've known you for quite some time, seeing you on the indies. Earlier, we were talking about like if you were in developmental and then you come up to, you know, the, the, the main stage. You just said it the best where your developmental was Ring of Honor, the indies, mm-hmm. and, you know, being a part of New Japan. Is it a more sped up process the difference like you were talking about when you're in aew uh in in ring i'm talking about um yeah i I think it is a bit of like kind of sink or swim like you know i feel like um there are certain things that the indies don't teach you that you know are very instrumental in going into a place like aew uh luckily i had ring of honor to give me that like grooming for the you know tv uh camera work stuff like that so i felt like going in there i was very comfortable with you know working the cameras and and uh knowing the production side of it so i felt like i had kind of a 
upper hand than some guys because I feel like if you come in from you know just doing Defy or PWG and then you go straight into AEW you get kind of like lost in where you need to be where you need to be looking like how to really resonate with the crowd that's outside of just the people in the arena like Mm -hmm. you know you have a million viewers watching you at home and that's like that's the main audience That's interesting to me because how difficult is that? Because like you said, if you're wrestling at PWG, you're not looking for the camera and all this other type of stuff. So how hard is it to be in a match, a competitive match, where you have to worry about what's going on in the ring, but at the same time you're thinking about the audience and the TV TV cameras and the audience at home? How difficult is that? I mean, when when I was training, my my trainer, Joey Chaos um, at Santino Brothers, they were very – kind of hard on like always working the hard cam like we had a a flag uh with you know our trainer's trainer on it and it was always like that's the hard cam that's who you got to work towards like sell the dynamite d and it's like mm-hmm. and and so we were always kind of like programmed in that way so it's like we were always taught to like kind of turn every move that way turn everything to to make sure that the full audience saw it and then you know i feel like some indies they kind of get it and they ask you to do it but it's just like I feel like you got to keep doing it until it's second nature to where like everything you're doing is just like you're turning that direction to like right. get the full exposure. Hey, uh, you you went from being a really heavy guy to you've lost a lot of weight. And now when I saw you Friday, your body's made another transformation. Um, you're a lot harder and you're looking like a big badass that we all know you were, but what are you doing differently? Because when you, I remember you being a lot leaner, but now you're like, you're pretty jacked. Um, <laughs> what are you doing differently? Uh, you know, I, I never, I, I was never the body guy. Like I never, I was almost like the anti-body guy. I just wanted to be a, a great pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember having a conversation with one of my trainers and he was like getting on me about being bigger and buffer or whatever and i was like would you rather have a good wrestler or a buff wrestler And he's like mm, probably a buff wrestler i was like oh, i disagree and it was just like that was just kind of always my mindset but then it's mm-hmm. like it becomes pretty apparent when you're on like national television and like people uh, they care more about the aesthetics sometimes than they care about the in-ring work and that's the first thing they're going to judge you on so it's right. like when when people you know see you and they just see like oh well he's just kind of a whatever guy he's like big but like he's not like muscular which is funny because people equate muscular to strong but Mm -hmm. you know i feel like when you're if you want to be in that position of a main eventer or whatever like i guess you got to look the part so uh, i got a great coach uh my friend killian hamilton he put me on a great program and i've been on it for uh, about four months now and have been seeing some really great results, you know, just trying to have that, uh, that bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen, you know, chest and shoulders, big, the belly doesn't matter much at that point. Mm-hmm. Burly. <laughs> yeah. We call uh, it you know, burly. The, the big, like uh barrel chested. Oh, barrel chest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, after you win the title tonight, my last suggestion would be just for men for your Amish beard. That's my only uh, thing I would say. Well, or you, you want me to come the, in with that that jet black Tommy Dreamer? Go he could get the beard jet uh, black. I'm young as can be. Get that beard <laughs> a care endorsement. What is it? The just for beard, not just for beard, not the 
they have all these different products that they put. I told, we were having this conversation the other day, Brody, maybe you can confirm this. Men spend an incredible amount of money in um, hair care, beard care, you know, conditioners for it and waxes and all the things. I don't spend a single dollar on this Are thing. Are you I just, kidding me? I literally like comb <laughs> just, it with this. I comb it with the same comb that I use in my hair. It. I, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll put some like pomade in it, like that I use in my hair to keep it like a little bit straighter. But oh, okay. yeah, I, I always get like uh, beard companies and stuff. They're like, oh, can we send you product and sponsor? I'm like, I don't need that crap. Like, I just, I want it to wow. look. I want it to look unkept. I want it to look caveman <laughs> ass. Yeah. yeah. It's working for you. I thought it was a dead raccoon on your face. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) It's looking good. You know, Brody, and of course we're talking to Brody King, who's getting a championship opportunity tonight against interim AEW world champion John Moxley, uh, AEW Dynamite, 8 p.m. Eastern time on TBS. You mentioned, you know, working in Japan. It's so funny because I'm, I'm actually in the middle of reading Nakamura's book uh, called King of Strong Style, and you mentioned that New Japan Strong Style. Could you explain to our audience what exactly that is? Uh, so, you know, there's a the big difference between um, King's Road Style from All Japan and New Japan Strong Style. That was the uh, Inoki versus Giant Baba, like, philosophies. Uh, I think what it really boils down to is having that fighting spirit to have that... Um, that intensity and that desire to keep fighting no matter what, like no matter how much pain and stuff you've gone through in this match, or, you know, you can equate that to life. Like you have to keep fighting back. You know, Mm -hmm. my band God's hate. I come out to the song, be harder where the chorus is life is hard, be harder. And that's, you know, kind of the same as strong style or fighting spirit. Like you just have to keep fighting back and give it to them just as hard as they're giving it to you. Love the history, especially the fact that you know it. But if you also think about how that also has evolved, New Japan hit its heights when it also then went to the sports entertainment factor of it with, and Dave will talk about with Tanahashi and using that same formula, but then throwing in a bit of the sports entertainment aspect and, you know, their business really, really blew up, uh, you know, before the pandemic. And then now it's back to that getting to that big level again. So it's that combined mixture because I don't think with the old regime that they would even have thought that way because they were always very, very traditional. You have to go this way because of the roots of the actual company. Yeah. You know, you saw a lot of the guys, they, they wore very like basic gear. They wore basic trunks and stuff, but you know, even like Masawa, he would come out with like the big jackets and stuff like that. You know, even uh, Kobashi would just wear like a black like robe to the ring. But, you know, like you said, with, with guys like Tana and like kind of moving forward, they use that uh, sports entertainment aspect in just their entrances. And I've always, that's the thing I've always been the biggest fan of, of Japanese wrestling is like they don't have these like weird segments where they're doing, you know, married storylines or, mm-hmm. you know, someone's pregnant storylines. It's always like very sports-based. It's very about the match and what they're going for, which is usually the title, uh, whatever respective title they're going for. And they are able to use that sports entertainment in their entrance with their gear. And they have these like elaborate jackets or like masks and like the pageantry that goes behind it. And, you know, guys like Muda were very instrumental in that guys like 
Jushin Thunderliger, like those are the guys that kind of really turned it up. And then, like you said, guys like Tanahashi, like made you know that he's like the mega baby face. And like, this is the guy that I'm going to cheer for. You mentioned God's hate. And I want to get into your band a little bit. For those who don't know, you're the vocalist of God's Hate. What's it like fronting a band? Talk a little bit about that band and how people can listen to your music. I mean, you can listen to our music on all major platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, whatever. But uh, yeah, God's Hate is my hardcore band. Um, We've been doing it since 2014. Uh, We pretty much just do like bigger festivals or like, you know, sometimes we'll do like a weekend here or there. It's very much just like our fun side project that kind of blew up during the pandemic. We came out with a new record, uh, self-titled God's Hate, and it got a great response. Uh, And now it's my entrance music on AEW, which is awesome. Uh, My best friend and the person that writes pretty much all the God's Hate music is a huge wrestling fan. Uh, His name is Colin Young, and he has been a wrestling fan his whole life. So for him to like, be able to like hear his music like on the AEW product is cool. And it's like open opportunities. Like he wrote the Kings of the Black Throne theme and he wrote like the new Wardlow theme. So it's like, he's starting to get his foot in the door, like working in the wrestling business without being a wrestler. So I think that's awesome too. Nice. All right. I like it. Can't wait. Again, Mm -hmm. that's Moxley and Brody King tonight, 8 PM Eastern time, AEW dynamite on TBS. Brody, seriously, to come and join us before your big championship match, that's a treat. I know it's a big day for you, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us this morning. Thanks for having us, guys. I'm Bob Kendrick, president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum and host of Black Diamonds, a SiriusXM original podcast. Right now on your podcast feed, I'm telling the story of the great Satchel Paige with Guardians pitcher Tristan McKenzie. To know what he meant to the city of Cleveland, it's huge to know that I could just drag on his coattails a little bit and feel like I'm a part of his legacy. Don't miss Black Diamonds, available now on the SXM app, included with all of our trials and popular plans, or wherever you get your podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. 
Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The AEW owner and president, Mr. Tony Khan. Tony, good morning to you. And as always, thanks for the time. Morning to you, Dave. Thanks for having me on. You know, when you look at blood and guts from last week, Tony, uh, and one of the things that Tommy brought up uh, after we watched that together is the fact that you're giving an alternative. If it's been so long since we've been able to see matches like that on TV, and I know that was one of your goals, is to bring different types of programming to the wrestling fan. When you look back at that last week where you had Forbidden Door and obviously new eyes on a product like New Japan and having that relationship. And then to be able to have a match, an hour-long match like Blood and Guts last week, you got to be proud of what you've been able to accomplish. Yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled with what we've been able to do here. And it's a huge credit to the wrestlers and the wrestling fans. I think the fans had called for matches like Blood and Guts. And also the wrestlers wanting to compete, get in there, throw caution aside and have one of the wildest, craziest double cage matches we've ever seen. And uh, it certainly paid off for AEW. We were the number one show on cable for the second week in a row on Wednesday, uh, hoping to make it three weeks in a row tonight, keeping that streak going, hopefully. And also second year in a row that Blood and Guts was the number one show on cable. And I thought deservedly so. I really enjoyed last week's show, particularly the second hour of the Blood and Guts match. It was something really special, and all 12 men who competed in the match uh, went through something that they'll never forget, and something I think all of us fans and all of us who love pro wrestling, we're never going to forget it either. No, it was great, and it was a throwback. It was a throwback, but better than the old-school war games. Uh, the match was everything that it delivered, blood and guts, and had some amazing, amazing moments. Um, and when you say matches like that, man, they, they do change uh, people in the sense of it's different. And, and I'm so happy that everybody's hard work did get uh, a really, really good rating, which also goes back to my theory of deliver a good wrestling product and wow what do you mean fans will love to watch pro wrestling mm -hmm. and it truly delivered um can you are you able to address uh santana i know he had gotten or it looked like he'd gotten hurt i don't know the follow-up from that yeah i haven't talked much publicly about it uh so he is injured and it's unfortunate and obviously it's a very dangerous match and going into it we knew injuries are a possibility and Santana's a great pro wrestler. He's been part of a great tag team with Ortiz. We really value him. And I did speak to him after. I know he's injured and 
we're going to stand by Santana and, you know, support him through the injury and do what we can. I think it's the right thing to do. And, of course, hopefully it won't be too long, but I think it could be a, a relatively long injury. So it could be a while that Santana's out, but we're here for him for whatever he needs and certainly really appreciate everything he's done for AEW and, and will do going forward. And uh, it's unfortunate that the blood and guts match does come with injuries. And it was a, it was, it was a knee injury that he suffered and hopefully he'll be back relatively soon. Right. And that's cool that you're sticking by him. Another total sidebar. You had the tweet of the 4th of July, you and your dad all decked out uh, happy that you were actually able just to chill because I know you had such hard weeks going in. But that was a cool picture, and you got much love for your – I know you're usually wearing your lucky Jaguars jacket, but you were <laughs> decked out in all whites, and it was cool to see you and your dad hanging out like that. And social media really, really loved it, So, which yeah. is cool because, hey, social media could actually like nice things every once in a while. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah, well, we had, a, we had a really nice holiday weekend, and it was, it was nice spending it with my dad. Um, we were very – fortunate to be invited to Michael Rubin's all white party, which was quite a scene and a very, very fun time. We had a great time and I was able to do some good networking also for AEW because I'm always working and thinking about work and always thinking about AEW and pro wrestling. So uh, it was a great event, hopefully made some good connections for the wrestling fans too, that could pay off in the future. But I, I appreciate you saying that, Tommy. Yeah, I don't get to hang out and relax with my dad as often as I'd like. And this was a nice chance to do that. And he was talking to me about AEW and a lot of our downtime because he's excited about it too. Uh, it's, it's just a great time for pro wrestling. And certainly it was a good time to visit with him coming off the big week of ratings we had last week for AEW leading into tonight's show. Yep. We were just talking with uh, Brody King and, what a great performance uh, that entire uh, Royal Rampage was. And then he comes out the winner and a big opportunity for him. And, and he said it the best to Moxley, you're in for a violent fight tonight. And he mm -hmm. wants to bring that, you know, strong style. Both love the Japanese strong style. And uh, we've seen Moxley just being a great representative of the brand. But tonight I'm expecting one of the hardest hitting matches I've seen and this is coming off of Blood and Guts, which was friggin' lovely, a lovely form of art, but it was very, very hard hitting. But I know those two guys are just going to beat the living crap out of each other because that's what they do. Yep. Well, the Royal Rampage was a big success for us. It was the first time that Rampage had placed in the top three since October, and it was the biggest total audience for Rampage since April. And the Royal Rampage absolutely had a lot to do with that. A tremendous match. I thought it was a, a bit different from some of the other uh, battle royal type matches out there and that we had the two rings, but there were similarities to a lot of the other great matches. And I think fans enjoy that sort of thing. And it paid off not only in a great match, but also I think we had a great winner. Brody King is a top wrestler, one half of the Kings of the Black Throne. And I think that's going to be a very, very, very difficult challenger and uh, somebody who definitely could be a great champion in AEW. So I'm really looking forward uh, to that match tonight. Brody King wrestling for the interim world championship 
versus John Moxley on Dynamite tonight. What a wild scene it was as Brody King won that match. Uh, the end of the match, the Royal Rampage with Brody King and Darby Allen. Certainly, it was uh, a dramatic and, and scary scene the way Brody King won that match. Yeah, and I think it really, really works and should be a staple within AEW because, I mean, it was so unique. And then coming off of the blood and guts with the two rings, it just everything happens for a reason. And then I was so happy that it it worked as well. But it it was so cool with the two rings. And, I mean, you know, old school two ring battle royals were always Mm -hmm. a big deal, too. So it's it's a throwback, but with a new twist. I loved it. And uh, hopefully it continues to be an AEW staple. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Well, it was a it was a big success for us, and hopefully tonight this show will be a big success. Headlined by the interim world championship match, John Moxley versus Brody King, uh, and of course Brody King with a draw he had. He was one of the last men to enter the ring in the Royal Rampage, and so he comes in maybe a little bit fresher than John Moxley, who is coming off the blood and guts match, which we were talking about. It's mm-hmm. absolutely one of the most dangerous matches in pro wrestling. And John Moxley, uh, having been in that match and, and he entered relatively early in the field in blood and guts. So he was out there a long time. So, uh, we'll see how that affects the match tonight, but either way, I expect a great championship match tonight between John Moxley and Brody King. Well, you mentioned draw, and somebody I can tell you is definitely a draw is Wardlow. Um, I got to see him a couple of weekends ago. He did a signing in Lafayette, New Jersey at Pandora's Box, and I'm telling you, I have never seen a line so long for a wrestler, and they've had everybody at that place. And, man, the fans are behind Wardlow, and an awesome opportunity tonight versus Scorpio Sky. Yes. Scorpio Sky versus Wardlow in a street fight for the TNT Championship tonight should be really exciting. You are absolutely correct in everything you said about Wardlow, and I also have a lot of great things to say about the champion, Scorpio Sky. Mm-hmm. He is one of the first mm-hmm. champions we ever had in AEW, co-holder of the first ever World Tag Team Championship, and uh, has gone on to be great single star, and tonight... He is facing, undoubtedly, his toughest test as a wrestler in Wardlow in this street fight. And it's been a long time coming for Wardlow to get this rematch at Scorpio Sky. Of course, the last time they wrestled, I think Scorpio Sky used everything but the kitchen sink to get that win. And he's one of the very, very, very few people in pro wrestling who've got a win over Wardlow, especially in the last couple of years, as we've seen Wardlow just get better and better and better. And I think this is the best we've seen him, the best he's been. And Sky will need to be the best he's been and use every trick up his sleeve to have a chance to keep the championship tonight against Wardlow on Dynamite on TBS. Yeah, that is a big, um, big, big contest tonight. Uh, Tony, we haven't had a chance to talk about it, but we got to talk about it here. Uh, Christian Cage. I mean, obviously the turn from Christian, uh, what he did to Jungle Boy, and now what he's done with Luchasaurus. I mean, I I was not expecting this from Christian Cage. Well, the new look Luchasaurus and the new attitude on Christian Cage 
certainly one of the very interesting things happening in AEW right now. It was really shocking the way Christian turned his back on Jungle Boy. And I think it was also shocking then to see Christian Cage and Luchasaurus back together and Luchasaurus with a very different look. It was uh, quite an auspicious debut for the new Luchasaurus last week, making quick work of Serpentico on his way to a win. And we're going to see them tonight. And they say they have something big in store at the building today. So I'm looking forward to hearing from them and hearing what, they, what they're up to and what they want tonight on Dynamite. Not shocking to me, Dave, because I've told you for years, Christian's a dick. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, he definitely showed that. And, and yeah. honestly, you know, as, as everybody here knows, like you can be a heel, but it's very rare that everybody in the building boos you. We definitely mm-hmm. saw that several times in AEW. But, Tony, we're seeing that now, you know, with Christian Cage. Like, Christian Cage, who, as you know, is one of the greats of all time, he's definitely a legend. But everybody in that building last week was was booing Christian. Yeah, Christian Cage has really irritated the fans, I think. Uh, they were so behind that team, the former World Tag Team Champions, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, And I think everybody saw the same thing we saw. Christian Cage has really screwed over Jungle Boy, who trusted him, put his faith in Christian Cage. And now I think we're seeing the real Christian Cage. Like you said, Tommy, not a nice guy. And certainly the fans have turned on him, and deservedly so. I called him a dick. I didn't say he wasn't a nice guy. (laughs) Just for the record. Listen, man, Christian is – Christian gets – real heat christian is you have unleashed or he unleashed a monster you've given him this platform and now he has a monster behind him the the world will see what every wrestler talks about the greatness of christian and that's when christian is the baddest and Mm -hmm. it is it is pure money because that's the christian that we all we we love to hate the guy and he is he will get under everybody's skin because he's that good at his job and i look forward to seeing him and this version of him because it's the greatest version of him and you know he's just he's just next level and speaking of next level cesaro um coming in um claudio casanoli excuse me and you know how do those negotiate how was that a quick thing a long-term thing because it was just next level this is a long-term thing This is a long-term multi-year agreement, and I'm very, very excited about it. I think there's a huge future for Claudio Castagnoli here, and I cannot wait uh, for that. And I was just thrilled he came in, and certainly the timing of his arrival could not have been better as Brian Danielson out injured ahead of Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts. And I felt, and Brian Danielson also felt, There was only one wrestler, we believed, that could step in and fill Brian Danielson's shoes, particularly in two very different matches, uh, but both hugely important. Brian Danielson was going to go one-on-one with Zack Sabre Jr., and it was Claudio that stepped up and had that match, which was a great, great match. And it turned into a great debut for Claudio in AEW. And then he stepped up for us again, Leading off 
the Blood and Guts two-ring cage match last week on Dynamite. Again, the number one show on cable last Wednesday. And huge thanks to Claudio. He was the first person from the Blackpool Combat Club to get in that double cage. He fought the whole way through, and he pulled out the win in the end. And I think that's emblematic of how hugely important Claudio is going to be to AEW going forward. Well, with the platform that he's been given and time to wrestle, the world has always seen it in him. And now that he has those two things, I expect nothing but greatness because he's a great performer. Yeah, he's incredible. I don't think the people will realize how strong he is and his cardio. And he really is just an incredible performer and athlete and wrestler all combined into one. So that's a huge win on you guys part for sure. Love that. Thank and I was going to say, Tony, I did because I didn't get to chime in earlier for that whole thing. Like what I really appreciate is like with the blood and glut guts and the Royal Rampage, it's really cool to see you do things that are unique to AEW or with the Forbidden Door pay-per-view and all these things that is really like as you progress and move forward and then you're, you know, keep moving forward, they're going to want to see this more and more or on a yearly basis. Like, do you intend on having this every year? Are you going to do, um, you know, or was this just more of a one-off thing or how do you foresee or do you just kind of test it and see how it gets over? And if the people love it, then you'll do it again or. Well, it's a great question. I think we've had great response to everything we did last week. It was a huge mm-hmm. week for us, and the Forbidden Door pay-per-view was a big success. We estimate about 127,000 buys right now, and still with replay buys trickling in, it was ahead of all projections and expectations, and I absolutely would love to do it again, and I think we will do it again going forward, I anticipate and then Blood and Guts. This is our second year doing Blood and Guts. Also the second year in a row that Blood and Guts Wednesday Night Dynamite was the number one show on cable on a Wednesday. And so Blood and Guts, I, I think we could absolutely, I hope, look forward to a third Blood and Guts match in the future. And we certainly the debut of the Royal Rampage, the inaugural event, was a big success for us. It got great attention to Rampage and really uh, did something I wanted, which was put a lot of spotlight on Rampage and get a great result for that show. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think, as you said, all these events really successful for us. So I do think this is something we could do going forward, uh, having a big summer with a Forbidden Door, a Blood and Guts, and following up with a Royal Rampage. Hopefully people will look forward to it for the next year. Right on. And 20 years from now, when we're doing all these recap videos and me and Mickey are really old, but we're still talking <laughs> about it. Um, just remember that Brody King is now your hacksaw Jim Duggan because he's the first winner. You did and say that. Right. Yeah, he's there. That's how this brain works. We have that. <laughs> Which was that's also true. given away on free TV back in the day. So it's it's great. Mm-hmm. That's true. I was just about you beat me to it. Is as, as Our minds work. That is a great <laughs> point. I was about to make the same point that, uh, the, the Jim Duggan and not the John Studd. Uh, the first one on Great TV. Great call. And, uh, <laughs> Tony Braid, Rampage. a dreamer braid is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, the, the minds are thinking alike and uh, <laughs> great response last week and hopefully tonight a great response for Wednesday Night Dynamite on TBS live at 8 p.m. Eastern, 
7 p.m. Central and also on the West Coast at 8 p.m. Pacific. Uh, just a really, really big week last week. And, yeah, I think hopefully we can follow up and keep those great responses coming tonight for Wednesday Night Dynamite. You know, well, Tony, when I started this show 13 years ago, one of the things that I wanted to do was create bridges. I didn't want to burn bridges. I wanted to create bridges to have an open forum for everybody to join Busted Open and just promote the sport of pro wrestling. I have to say, Tony, you have done the same thing with AEW. It's amazing what you've been able to accomplish, again, with the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, but having that Forbidden Door concept, but also like what we just saw recently with John Cena's celebration and letting AEW talent uh, do videos for that. Like You have really created and built bridges from company to company. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's something I've, I've tried to do and wanted to do from the very beginning when we launched AEW. And now we've had even more relationships. We've built more bridges. And it's something that absolutely we're really proud of and we want to do going forward. AEW brings in wrestlers from other companies. And we work with other wrestling companies. Uh, it's something I believe in. And I think it's paid off for the fans time and time again. And I also have that philosophy now as the owner of Ring of Honor. And yeah. we're bringing Ring of Honor back to pay-per-view. We'll have announcements about big matches on that card. It's July 23rd. So only a few weeks away, Ring of Honor returns to pay-per-view with death before dishonor. And some of these issues have been building up uh, around the world of wrestling, including here in AEW. And our last Ring of Honor pay-per-view it was the end of the previous administration, and it was the start of a new era. Also celebrating 20 years of Ring of Honor this year. And wow. Death Before Dishonor, one of their big events. And I think we're going to have a great one. And I expect to follow up on what was a great show with Supercard of Honor a few months ago. I expect that Death Before Dishonor will be another great show. And I hope to have one of the best Ring of Honor shows in many, many years, and I really believe we can make Death Before Dishonor one of the best pay-per-view shows of the year, and I don't say that lightly because I think AEW and Ring of Honor have both been involved in some of the top shows of the year already. Yeah, and we're going to have a top show tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on TBS AEW Dynamite, the main event. John Moxley, your AEW Interim World Champion against Brody King. Also, our very own Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm going up against Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir, plus some other amazing matches. Tony, as always, thank you so much for the time today. Thank you for having me on, Dave, Tommy, and Mickey, and Street Fight on Dynamite tonight. Bam! Woo! All Good clear. stuff, Tony, as always. Thank you. Bam. Thank you, y'all. Nailed Thanks, it. All. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me on. It was great catching up with all of you. Oh, I missed yeah. you. <laughs> me too. Well, thanks for having me on. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa. Marissa. Rebus.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.